Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, where it's my job to introduce you to people from the world of commercial property. We're talking with investors and thought leaders about their experiences of the commercial property world and sharing our own lessons from the last 20 years to give you practical know-how so that you can follow in their footsteps. If you've ever thought commercial could be your next step, but it just seems too confusing and opaque, then you've come to the right place. There are so many exciting opportunities in this dynamic sector, and I'm looking forward to pulling back the curtain and sharing them with you. Welcome to the Commercial Property Investor Podcast, the show dedicated to the private investor, and I'm your host, Jerry Alexander. We want to show you how to cross the divide from residential investing over to commercial property investing. Through interviews, tips and lessons learned, we share experiences of investing and give you the inspiration, knowledge and confidence to enjoy this great cash flowing strategy. So let's get started. Welcome back to Commercial Property Investor Podcast. Thank you for joining me. I have another exciting Bob Keeler episode to share with you this week. Woohoo! As you know, my aim with this podcast is to help private investors to successfully navigate the world of commercial property investing, which to some means spreadsheets, techniques, strategies, finance, and repeat. But most of you have or will have a business with people to consider. And even if you don't, You'll have customers and investors that you would like to bring along on your journey. During our last conversation with Bob, we discussed storytelling and the art of persuasion. And Bob was keen to point out that storytelling is not the pitch, but rather a key part of the pitch. We also had a chance to discuss how storytelling can impact the wider business and how it relates to the company DNA. But we resisted going down that rabbit hole too far. (laughs) But unbelievably, to me anyway, Bob agreed to explore that a bit further in a separate episode. So here we are. Buckle up for another inspiring conversation, but this time about core values, which are intertwined with storytelling and, of course, leadership. Amazing, impactful skills for us to learn and use to better our investing careers. The more we learn, the more I hope that you feel inspired to reach higher and further than you currently believe is possible. So let's hand it over to Bob. Bob, welcome back. Thank you so much for coming back to the podcast. We have some right. unfinished business from our last conversation, right? Yeah, and exactly. After we finished, you, 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 we spoke about core values, and I know it's such a key area of what you talk about. And during our episode, I felt myself wanting to go down that rabbit hole, but pulling back. So maybe today we could just talk a little bit more about that because it does weave in and out of the story, yep. as you said earlier on. And core values to property investors might be um, something that's perhaps not on the horizon right now. But if you're going to stay in this game for any kind of period of time, you need to work with other people. Yep. You need to build a team. And who better to talk to than yourself, Bob? When you were at Woodgroup, how many people were in your team? Well, at one point, we had about 50,000. 50,000 people. That, 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 that's a lot of that's a lot of reviews. That's a lot of... <laughs> so let me just ask you, what, what do you think, what, what was your role there or your job description? What was the key components working at such a large organization? Okay, so 
I suppose the journey starts a little bit further back, but before that, I was a CEO of a company called PSN that I sold into, which we covered on the previous podcast a little bit. Uh, and it was there that I, I, I kind of carved out the role of chief executive in, in the way that I saw it, which was um, a lot of it was about creating the culture in the business yeah. and then allowing people to thrive in the culture that was right for the business. Um, and then working on the business more than in the business. So trying to make sure that we were, I was leading the organization rather than managing the organization in detail. That's right. And of course, yeah. you were taking an organization that didn't know it was going to suddenly face all these changes. And yeah. then you would make the announcement and you've got to bring them with you. Bring people, so, bringing people with you on a journey is one of the, the key things of, I mean, let's face it, when, when Leadership for me boils down into kind of three basic elements. You've got to define where you're trying to go. Then you need to earn the trust of all the people that need to come with you. And then you need to persuade them to join on the journey. Yeah. And for each of those three areas, um, having a, a clear idea of your identity and why you do what you do and how you do what you do, what makes you different, is such a, an important way of getting people to to buy into the trust and it's a support it's a great way of getting people to say i'm coming with you on the journey because i like where we're going and i like how we're going about it so this is coming to core values and this isn't just for internal this is for external too i remember um you discussing before about how many times you've managed to win business because of those internal values and how that's being able to differentiate yourself from your competitors yeah, I mean, Jerry, we, we, we struggled in some sense because we were providing a service that was um, readily available from other people. Yeah. And, and, and it, was, it was all done on competitive commercial terms, so we couldn't go in at a, low, a lower price than anybody else. We couldn't promise new technology that we, only we had. Um, so the only thing we could really differentiate on was what we were like to work with, our culture. The way we behaved, the questions we asked, how we shared information. So it became a real important business imperative to be clear on who we were, how we operated and what we stood for. And, and to attract talent, keep talent, all those things are, are totally intrinsically linked to that. So yep. just getting into the core values of PSM, what, what were they? Right, we, we, had, we had seven core values, which quite frankly are probably too many, but at the time, we didn't appreciate that necessarily. So with seven core values, we had one on safety because we, work in, we worked in high hazard industries. Yeah. So we needed to be sure that we, we, safety was, was the, the kind of primary core value. And at the other end, it was about integrity, which really was based on being scrupulously honest and always paying the right taxes and being, being a, a, you know, above reproach and above doubt there. So these were the kind of bookends that held them together. And in the middle of the set of seven, we had how we treated our people. And it wasn't about treating people with kid gloves or promising on the earth or giving them a special treatment. It was about fairness, it was about respect, and it was about compassion when it was necessary. And we had these words written into the core values so that we could go back to them and say, are we doing these things? Yeah. yeah. Then, then with something about um, innovation, about actually always trying to think ahead in terms of the service we provided. And then we had one on financial responsibility. And the financial responsibility was an interesting one because we're basically saying we want to be paid fairly for what we do. And most of the time that was about persuading customers not to try and nail us down to the floor in terms of not making any money. 
but occasionally it meant giving customers money back because we thought we'd been overpaid for the work that we'd done. And that was always an interesting wow. conversation with yeah. customers uh, and, and bred a lot of trust from that. On the other end, we talked about um, our corporate social responsibility of being a good company to have in the communities where we worked. So making sure that we spent time and energy adding something more than just employment and more than just paying local taxes into the communities where we operated. Um, so there was, a, and then finally, there was one about customers and about actually being sure that our primary reason for being there was really to think about we here we don't survive without the customers, and what does that mean? And for each of those core values, we define three things: what what is it? Why do we care about it? What does it mean for everybody in the organisation? And what obligations does that place upon the organisation towards everyone? So each core value was two or three sentences. Yeah. Um, and that was enough enough granularity to make them a useful set when it came to yeah. checking them against difficult decisions. Because yeah, because it can be so easy just to well, let's to, to have a huge long list and and to give a bit of context. I seem to remember you saying um, it was at least three days of no phones, <laughs> oh, <laughs> no yeah. discussion other than this is what we're doing. Oh, it's three it days took a long a long long time for us to actually get it down. And of course, having got them down. The first thing we did over a seven-week period was share them with the whole organisation and say, "Do these? Does this work for you? What's the challenges?" And we got some nuances back about the use mm -hmm. of language, for instance. You know, we, we we think that we're you know a common language in the English-speaking countries, but it turns out you know words are used slightly differently in Australia than from Canada, from the US, etc. And then of course when we translate them into the other languages where we operated, like Arabic, French, and Russian, etc then again, they took on slightly different meanings. So we had to be careful of all that. So it took us a long time to even get to the launch pad that said, now these are the values ready for use in the business, which of course is the start of the journey. Yeah, and, and you, you and I discussing this for 10, 15, 20 minutes, it does it no justice whatsoever. So let's be honest about that, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> With our customers here. <laughs> yeah. But just as a bit of a testament to it, I mean, the, the company was often in the Sunday Times list of best companies to work for, didn't it? So clearly the, yeah. the employees felt that way. Yeah, and, and, I, and I, st I still get unsolicited stories from former members of staff, specific events that they remember, that they, they cherish and think, that was a great company to work for. We felt as though we were treated like grown-ups. We felt we were all in it together. And, and you know, and I have no doubt that people remember it fondly and forget all the difficulties and struggles we had as well. So I, I'm not painting an overly rosy picture here, but it did it did work in the sense that people felt as though we were all trying to pull in in roughly the same direction. Yeah, and, and <laughs> yeah, the thought of that many employees. Um, but let's be fair, um, Bob wasn't just you know Jack and Ori, right? You weren't just just telling stories every week. There was a lot of a lot of <laughs> difficult, <laughs> difficult challenges to deal with. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, so when it came down to the core values, it it, it really holds. That, I mean, there, there are two ways to do core values. You can do the superficial marketing exercise, so that you've got something to show people when they ask about it, or you can actually take them as a serious way to run the business. And we we chose the latter, but by doing that, it forced us to make some really difficult decisions. Yeah. So we turned down work, big projects potentially for customers, because in some way they didn't meet either the spirit or the letter of our core values. We had to let people go from the organization because whilst they were good at most of their job, in some part of the core values, they were, they were at, at odds with them. Yeah. 
Yes. Uh, and, and that, no. So for instance, if in the people core value it said you treat people with respect, like I've just mentioned, you can't have bullying in your organization. Because respect and bullying are the, are the, the polar opposites. Yeah. So we have to let people go because their behaviors, uh, particularly the more senior people in organization, we said, no, you're, you're not able, you're, you're playing superficial adherence to the core values. And difficult though it may be, we're not the right company for you to work in, so you've got to go. Yeah, that has to be repeated daily, doesn't it? Yeah. Because if you're not following them, leading with them, how can anybody else? Otherwise, it just goes in the, the cupboard with all the other and large people, people want evidence, and I employed a large number of engineers, and engineers are particularly sceptical. Yeah. So they want hard evidence, and they want hard evidence over a, over a number of periods. And you said that ultimately the, the whole culture thing was a key factor in, in winning repeat orders and orders not coming to market and things like that. Once I had a list of our jobs that the, the revenues were in excess of $2 billion, and I said, these are jobs that we have won without having to compete competitively for them because people like working with us because of our culture. Now do you believe me? Yeah. And so most could- of them. Most of them did. Some of them still said, no, come back when you've got three billion. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but there's the Lipsis test. You could spend the results. There yes. was actually a financial oh. um, bottom line influence there. The other thing, as we mentioned in the, in, the, in the previous podcast, I think, Jerry, is that the value of the company went up. It doubled. We bought the company on a multiple of five times EBITDA. We sold it on a multiple of 10 times EBITDA. Why did we do that? We provided the same service, using the same people, the same processes, the same systems, but the story about the business was different. Because yeah. we could win business without bidding for it. We could attract people without having to pay through the nose for them because of the culture in the business. So for us, it was intrinsic to the success of the business. Do you feel that the, the need, the requirement for core values is becoming ever more important? Because this was a few years ago you sold that business. Yeah. What, what about the current business landscape? I, I, I am biased, Jerry. You know, I, I am biased. I, I, I think the companies that get this right have got an advantage over their competitors. Um, therefore, I would say if you want to be a successful business, it is something you should look at very seriously. But there are other businesses that get on fine without doing it. So I'm not, I'm not trying to say that it, it's a must do for everybody in every situation. I'm just saying in some circumstances, it gives businesses an adva- a competitive edge over their business, maybe where it's more difficult to find that competitive edge in other ways. Yeah. Okay. Bob, um, I need to ask you, is there a place that people can go to either follow what you're doing. I know LinkedIn is a mirror that you're quite strong on. Is there any other places that they can find out any more details about what we've discussed? Yeah, I mean, I, I do put out reasonably regularly LinkedIn posts on always on business-related matters. I'm not into into using LinkedIn as a way of advertising or, or, or in any way trying to trivialize anything or criticize anybody. Uh, but if people can go back over the previous posts, they go back four or five years. There's lots of gold nuggets that are that are within those posts going back. Um, so that's one way. And another thing I would I'd send people towards is if they're interested in the concept of values and culture. Um, I did a TEDx talk in 2017. And if they go into YouTube and just put in the words doing core values, 
they'll find a 12 minute talk that will give you a little bit more flavor as to, as to some of the nuances around this subject. Brilliant. We'll pop that in the show notes for anyone listening. Bob, Excellent. thank you so much. Um, appreciate every minute. It's been fantastic to have you on the show. Thank you, Jerry. Nice talking to you, sir. You too. Wow. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I'm sure you've probably worked out I'm a bit of a fan of Bob's. And it's really difficult to actually keep these episodes to the allotted time. I'm sure you have some empathy for me. It's hard not to encourage Bob to tell us more of his business stories. So I hope the two topics that we've covered in these two episodes, that of storytelling and the art of persuasion, and then today's episode of Core Values, really makes a significant impact on your business and your thinking. I think if you implement even half of it, it will have a significant impact. And actually, when I talk about that, there's three components to this kind of trilogy, if you will. There's leadership as well, which maybe we need to get an episode from Bob about that one day. Bob, if you're listening, uh, sorry. Yeah, you did an amazing job. Hopefully you're going to join us for that. Actually, for those of you listening, maybe you could help with that. If you've enjoyed this episode and you want to hear about leadership from Bob, then drop me a line or even better, post a review so I can persuade him. through some storytelling that is vital we have those three legs for our businesses right rather than two we all know what happens to a two-legged chair right (laughs) so to you our listeners thanks for joining us don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you are kept informed and up to date when the show hits the airways the next shows come out the episodes come out and even better subscribe to our newsletter and we'll keep you right up to date with episodes, freebies, what we're up to, and anything else we want to share with you about this amazing asset class. So until next time, make sure you're out there, get in the swim. Hi there, I hope you're enjoying the content delivered on the CPI podcast. Even though it's free to listen to, it actually takes quite a bit of time and financial commitment to deliver each and every episode. Did you know that by leaving a positive written review, you, yes, you will have a direct impact on the visibility of the podcast. And that's really important because by reaching a wider audience, it helps our team to continually improve the overall content that we deliver to you week after week. For some of you, leaving a review will be second nature, but for others, it might be a first one. Open your podcast app, pick the CPI podcast and search for previous reviews. And on iTunes in particular, click to look at all of the reviews and then you'll see an option to leave a written review. Go on, it'll only take two minutes and it'll really make our day. And we genuinely read every single one of them.